Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's Wednesday. We have church tonight, 7 o'clock, 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard here at Liberty Baptist, which is where we broadcast from. This is KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio. If you have something that you would like to contribute to the show, you can do that. You can email us at radio at experienceliberty.com or call us at 702-647-4522. And of course, if you'd like to find, follow, tweet, share, whatever else you'd like to do on social media, I'm at the Frittle over on Twitter. So let's let's be friends there. Let's be friends on Twitter. Pastor Josh Tice, a pastor at Southern Hills Baptist Church, is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. Uh, We're talking about what are really the keys to success. Is it numbers and dollars, or is there more to it than that? We're also going to talk about how you're like a Lego, but not the kind that gets stepped on in the middle of the night. So don't, uh, don't, don't get too worked up about that one. But first, let's hit some headlines. Let's talk about the really important things before we talk about the actually important things. Like how they're giving away free french fries today at the Capitol. This is not a joke. At first I thought it was. But it's not. It's This is from TheHill.com. Consider this a deep-fried public announcement. Free french fries will be served up on Capitol Hill. The National Biodiesel Board told ITK... They do not tell us what ITK is. They're celebrating the return of Congress on Wednesday by offering free fries. Food trucks will also be providing information about how the oil used to cook the french fries can be recycled to make clean, burning biodiesel. In case you were wondering about that. Three types of fries are on the menu. Old Bay, Parmesan garlic, and sea salt. Fries will be available near the Capital South Metro at food trucks outside of Tulay Thai Restaurant on 1st Street from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday. Free French fries to celebrate the return of Congress. I'm sure there are a lot of jokes in there. I'm also quite positive that giving free French fries to those that happen to be in Washington, D.C., particularly members of Congress, will solve all of our national problems with the Hamburglar. At least they're not giving away free pork because, you know, pork in the budget, pork in, yeah. I'm not really sure how to equate French fries to anything that Washington, D.C. does. This is obviously a, a ploy uh, by a lobbyist to get their, their biodiesel bill, whatever they want, added to whatever bill they want. They're hoping to win some favor. But I would think then you would want to deliver the fries. If you really want points, you can't just give out free fries at the at the food truck. You got to take the free fries to the people. That would be some successful lobbying right there. Staffers will love you if you bring them free food. Not joking. All right. Next on the list, the Braves are seriously considering signing Tim Tebow. 
Yes, that Tim Tebow. The Tim Tebow that is still single and just haven't discovered me yet. Mm-hmm. Him. This is from Fox Sports. Why Tim Tebow would be perfect for the Atlanta Braves. Why Tim Tebow would be perfect for the Atlanta Braves. Notice they did not say why Tim Tebow would be perfect for Crystal. I'm sure that's the follow-up article. But for now, it's why he would be perfect for the Atlanta Braves. Three premier premier two-sport athletes, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, and Brian Jordan, played for John Sherholtz Club. Sherholtz, during his tenure as Royals GM, also drafted two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, John Elway and Dan Marino. And then he goes on. Uh, I'm not going to read you all of this intro stuff because uh, he talks about how the, the gentleman that's now the GM, the general manager, for those of you that aren't familiar with the sports acronym, uh that he's drafted um, and given a shot to previous football players, so it makes sense that he would be okay with going after Tim Tebow. But then he goes on to other reasons why Tebow would actually be a potential asset to the Braves. He says, first, that Tebow would cost them almost nothing. As an undrafted player, Tebow's contract will count against the 2016 draft bonus pool of the team that signs him. A number of clubs, including the Braves, already have spent nearly all of their allotted money. A team can spend up to 5% over its pool amount and simply pay a tax, but would any club extend itself even by that modest amount for Tebow? Chances are Tebow will sign for $100,000 or less, the maximum amount that a team can spend on a player without him counting against its pool. Also, Tebow would not block any other top prospects for the Braves. The Braves almost certainly would not give Tebow a 40-man roster spot or invite him to Major League Spring Training. If they sign him, they likely would encourage him to go to the Fall Instructional League in Winter Ball, then start him at AA. Sounds like a reach, and maybe it is, but AA is where the gap in the Braves' farm system will be in 2017. Many of their prospects from the 15 and 16 drafts will be at the lower levels, and if Tebow blocked anyone, it would likely be an organizational player who had little chance of reaching the majors anyway. And last but not least, the Braves are actually intrigued by Tebow's talent. Two of the Braves' top executives, Director of Scouting Brian Bridges and Special Assistant to the GM Roy Clark, attended Tebow's workout at USC, and evidently they liked what they saw. Yes, the Braves own their low single-A, double-A, and triple-A clubs and stand to benefit from Tebow as a gate attraction, but the opinions of Bridges and Clark are more important than any financial considerations. Tebow would not have that dramatic an effect on the balance sheet of the Braves' owners at Liberty Media. The truth is, Tebow's chances of reaching the majors probably would be better if he were a pitcher who threw 98 miles per hour. Teams routinely take chances on such big arms, hoping the pitchers will figure out how to harness their stuff. Hitting, however, is far more difficult to master, requiring timing and rhythm as well as immense skill. Tebow, who last played baseball 12 years ago in high school, would be a long shot to succeed even at AA. But considering how little is at stake, there is no harm in the Braves or any other club in giving him a chance. And, of course, everybody has opinions on Tim Tebow and baseball, and I've talked about it before. I say, you know, if Tim Tebow wants to take a shot at baseball, it really doesn't affect you. It doesn't hurt you. Let, the, let him have a shot at baseball. Let him try. If he makes it, great. If he doesn't, yeah, he'll move on. He'll do something else. He's, just, he's Tim Tebow. He doesn't have to play baseball. He can do literally whatever he wants. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised, though. That, uh, that he would go to a point where he's going to be looking at playing uh, in a winter league and then double A and, and maybe you'll get to triple A and then maybe you'll get to the majors. Like, I, I, I don't understand why he would go this route when he could have just changed positions and played in the NFL. To me, it makes me way more sense. Uh, change and play as a fullback or a halfback in the NFL, you know, and then you can still be used in, in – in goal line situations, trick plays, they'll still utilize you as a quarterback from time to time, I'm sure. 
just not all the time, even though I think he would have been okay if he had actually stayed as a as a QB and been groomed under Peyton Manning in Denver. But that's a sore spot, which would take me way too long to, to get over on the air, so we won't go there. But so that's that's my first problem. My first problem is I don't I don't I don't understand why he's doing this. I think, hey, good for him for going for it. And for continuing to pursue uh, his dream of a ma- of a professional sports career, I just don't get why, if you're not willing to change positions in the NFL, you're willing to change sports completely. I, that doesn't make sense to me. But you know, I'm I'm willing to let it go because he's Tim Tebow, and you know, you know what's supposed to happen down the road. We're supposed to get married, so I'm going to let it go. I'm going to forgive him. It's okay. It's really all right. If he wants to be in baseball, baseball will then become my favorite sport. I can adapt to that. It would work out. It really would. Uh, but number two, my my bigger problem with this is well, why Braves? It was supposed to, you all know how this was supposed to work out. It was supposed to be the Mets. The Mets were supposed to be interested in him and send him to their farm league, a.k.a. the 51s in Las Vegas. See, that was going to expedite the process of Crystal and Tim Tebow getting together. Apparently, n- nobody nobody is getting the message on this. So I don't know what we need to do to help people understand how this was supposed to work out. If anybody knows anybody at the Mets, can you please let them know that, that the Braves are messing with the plan and they need to get on the ball? That would be great. All right. Next up. For those of you... Not, stop texting me and telling me things like... No. No. If No. I... You, <laughs> First of all, take that all with a grain of salt. Only half of the things that I actually say on this show are serious. In fact, probably less than that. So, keep up with the sarcasm. That's all I'm going to say to those of you texting me about my my, my Tebow uh, thoughts. Alright, one last little tidbit before we go to a break. If you are a fan of Disneyland, it might interest you to know that Costco is currently selling an annual pass to California Adventure for $330. Now, it's only to California Adventure, though. It's not a dual pass. Uh, This is from KTLA.com. The price for each pass includes up to a 10% discount on merchandise and food, as well as a collector pin. It can be purchased at Costco stores in Southern California and online for a limited time. But here's the catch. You have to use it at least once before December 1st. The Fun Pass only includes California Adventure and has about 60 blocked out dates compared to Disney's Dual Park Annual Pass that has 180 blocked out dates for the same price. Disney sold separate annual passes for the two Anaheim parks where when Disney California first opened in 2001 but later merged the two. Uh, California Adventure has recently revamped areas of the park and this is something that you might be interested in too. The popular Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is actually going to close on January 2nd of 2017. So if you want to go to the Tower of Terror, you better get out there this year. Uh, but it's going to return. Don't worry, it's going to return as a Guardians of the Galaxy themed attraction. Why, I don't know, because that's, in my opinion, the worst of the Marvel films. But, you know, whatevs. Before then, fans will be treated to a special celebration of the ride during Halloween time at the Anaheim theme park. Uh, You can also be treated to a late checkout at Disney uh, California Adventure from September 9th through Halloween. So there you go. If you're a Disney fan, don't want to spend the money for an annual pass to both parks, for a limited time you can go to Costco and you can get an annual pass for California Adventure for $330. 
if you're going to get a one directly from Disney, you can't get just one park or the other. You have to get a dual park, and it's going to cost you $600 if you are not a local. So, just FYI. They changed their one-day passes. Did you know this? They changed. Now they're doing a f- flex pricing depending on what day you go. You could pay anywhere from $95 to $120 for a single-day ticket now depending on what day you happen to pick on the calendar that you're going to go to Disney. It's not just 95 bucks no matter when you go anymore, which is kind of a bummer, really. Hey, reminder, this Sunday is our friend day here at Liberty Baptist Church. Be sure to bring out your friend or friends, however many that you happen to have or want to bring. And then what we want you to do is we want you to take them out for lunch following one of our services. We've got uh, 12 different places that are working with us for the day. They're going to give you a discount if you bring in our bulletin, but it has to be a bulletin from this Sunday. There's going to be a special insert in there that you're going to need, so you can't just grab one of your previous bulletins. And go. No, you have to be at church this Sunday. Bring your friend, take them to lunch. You can go to Sweet Tomatoes and get 20% off. Round Table Pizza, get 15% off. You can go to the Flame broiler and get uh, buy one get one half off you can go to lolo's chicken and waffles right across the street get 15 percent off with your bulletin outback just up the road 15 percent off you can go to buca de beppo and get ten dollars off of a 30 dollar purchase market girl cafe it's 15 percent off you could also go to sonic sonic's doing a buy one get one foot long hot dog well they call it a coney you know chicago coney yeah or a sonic burger go up to smash burger get 10 percent off there 20 percent off over at denny's uh, joe's crab shack is doing a free appetizer and applebee's is also doing 15 percent off so be sure to join us for friend day this sunday september 11th at 9 30 or 11 15 bring your friend hence the name friend day The idea is for you to bring a friend. All right, after the break, we're going to have Pastor Josh Tice from Southern Hills Baptist Church. I think you are really going to enjoy our conversation. Uh, He's, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You're going to enjoy our conversation. But first, let's play Michael W. Smith with Draw Me Close. We'll be back in just a minute with Pastor Josh. Don't go away. Help me know you. Welcome back. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio here in Las Vegas. Today we have Pastor Josh Tice from Southern Hills Baptist Church is joining us to talk about whatever we feel like talking about, really. How are you, Pastor Josh? I'm fantastic. I'm on the Friddle Show, so I'm feeling great. You should. That's how most people feel when they're on my show. Now, I never knew inside the studio, because a lot of people haven't been here. Yes. I never knew that there was a circus clown in the corner. That's insane. It's I didn't... pretty cool. And and an actual Mostly carousel. Mostly it's to scare the children that come in. <laughs> to scare the children yes. and then there's a carousel mm-hmm. and you actually sell cotton candy yes. to everyone that comes in this i is, do this is I do. not it's how what I, I pictured most people think i make a living on radio yeah what it really is is all the surprises in my office when people come in that i charge uh, them for that's really smart yes and the wig that you're wearing mm-hmm. pink and orange and green i yes. never pictured that it I, inspires my guests i see that makes sense yeah. now now i'm ready yeah. to go yeah, I mean, and the gray hair thing that you've got going on, <laughs> that's pretty cool too, actually. I because do that. I do that everywhere, though. Oh, you do that everywhere? That's that wasn't not just, just for a show. us? Oh. No. Okay. Um, and it's not like Ryan Lochte. It is real oh. gray. Do you okay. understand? This is All right. earned wisdom. I see. Yeah. Have you also vandalized any bathrooms recently? I want to change the subject quickly. Okay. All <laughs> Thank right. Thank you. In that case, um, Let's just say that we don't actually really know each other. I mean, we've met a couple times. Uh, I know that you're fairly decent at karaoke and your children are awesome. I love your kids. (laughs) But beyond that, I've really got nothing. I don't know anything about you 
except that you're you're my pastor's son and my yep. boss's brother. Yeah. So for those listening that may be like me and don't actually know you, tell us a little bit about what makes Josh tick uh, and how you got to be the pastor at Southern Hills. Okay, so, um, well, the first thing is if you want to get on radio, um, you need to be the brother of someone. <laughs> uh, the, the brother of someone who runs a radio station who's, is there's your boss. I guess that's how it happens. Yeah, but you're actually easier to get on the radio station than the person that my brother. technically owns yeah right and that, and that's because he is he is so important he really is important when, i've i never realized he's it amazing growing he's up. the best boss ever really i never realized it growing up crystal here here i am in a bunk bed in a room upstairs mm. on yes. clover hill court and i'm living with matt tice i mean now later people would How know blessed who he was, you were but until that point i had no idea yeah i had no idea it was yeah. just a kid and now yes. i look back and i think what who 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 am i to have grown up in that room mm-hmm. with that man, um, so I'm 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 obviously blessed. I don't get to talk to him much anymore. Obviously, he doesn't have time. But um, yeah, you know, because about, of that important factor, right? About yeah. Yeah, every Thanksgiving and oh, okay. um, every other Christmas, he'll he'll mm. he'll spend a few minutes on the phone with me, which is nice. That is nice. And uh, I, I, if it makes you feel any better, yeah. I don't even get to see my family for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I get to see them for Christmas, though. I, I he. he I do get the nice, wonderful blessing of getting to fly home for for Christmas. And this so. goes once again back to um, the most amazing boss, Matt. Tyson. It, it does. Could, it really, it, you happen. know, has everything to do with. If I with knew him. him better, I would I would put a word in. But again, okay. I haven't spoken to him yeah, personally no, it, in years. It was this thing about they called them vacation days. I'm not really know. familiar with this term, but I, apparently I ran out of them. I so, don't know. You know, Thanksgiving I, just. I, I might spend it with my adopted family, depending on you know if they have me over now hope is gone i don't know hope pal. is gone your pal my pal is gone your friend your yes, compadre she's is. up in the middle of um of nowhere nowhere yeah. in north dakota somewhere i guess and living her life yes so sad. uh aside from how, how wonderful i don't know um we were talking about how you grew up <laughs> yes. and what makes you tick and how you got to where you are yep. okay and you um, got distracted by how awesome your brother slash my boss is did we talk about Matt yet? Because we can do that. We could do that. Yeah. I, yeah. Guess, I guess our audience probably has other things to listen to. They might. Let okay, me turn so, off my phone here. That would be great. Well, um, I was born and raised in uh, Dave Tice's home, Anna Tice. Those were my parents. Matt, my older brother, my three younger siblings, Charity Faith, and the infamous Hope, hmm. um, who has been on this show many times, of course. Yes. Um, I'm the second of five. And uh, always wanted to be in full-time Christian work, watched my father and my mother um, sure. in ministry, and uh, jumped into it. Um, I felt called to ministry in my teenage years, and then whenever I went to college, um, about 18 years old, I studied Bible, mm. pastoral ministry specifically, and I began to study deeply into theology, was fascinated, um, and even even fell deeper into into that rabbit hole, I guess you would say. So. <laughs> Um, at that point, when I graduated, Heather and I met in college, graduated, came out here, worked for dad for a couple Heather of years. Heather would be your wife. Heather is my wife. Yes. Um, we met uh, and married, moved out here, worked for dad for two years, uh, finished my master's degree, went and planted a church in the uh, southwest part of town, and, uh, and pastored there since 2004. So we've been there 12 years. That's fantastic. And you guys have three services right now, right? We have four services have four on services. Sunday morning. And, okay. and a Bible study on Sunday night, 8 o'clock, 9.45, 11.30, and one fifteen. 
and you're building a new building. Yes. Uh, our new facility will be off of Torrey Pines and Pebble. Um, and, I have uh, no idea where that is, but it sounds like a nice place. It is. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, of course. And it's off Blue Diamond Road. For those who okay. are in the southwest part of town, uh, we, are, we are right smack dab between Southern Highlands community and Mountain's Edge community. Uh, Rhodes Ranch is right down the road. And so, yeah, we're building a brand new building. It'll be open uh, in November. So you've got you've got four services. You're building a brand new building. At least from anyone looking in from the outside, I think it, it seems that you have been very successful. That God has blessed what you are doing and what your team is doing at Southern Hills. Yeah, right? we have a great team. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Heather and I have partnered together, but God's brought in the, an incredible team. We have um, right now currently 11, uh, 11 folks on on full time staff. Um, uh, ranging from interns and administrative assistants and fellow pastors, and yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah, great team. So, so you guys at Southern Hills, what you're doing is working. It's I think from at least an outsider's perspective. You know, obviously you see your backstage, you know what's going on, but it, from from looking at it, it looks like success. And everybody, I wanted to talk with you about that today because you had a blog post uh, recently called The Resilient Christian, Three Secrets to Long-Lasting Success over on joshtice.com. Congrats, by the way, on securing your name and your website. Yeah. Not just everyone does that, but they should. So good job there. Thank and your you website's so very cool, joshtice.com. Hey, thank you very much. It's so clean. I'm assuming yeah. you didn't build it because I didn't build mine. I have no idea terrible. how to build websites, uh, yes. but we have an incredible team. And uh, one of the guys on there built this website, does a great job with it. Uh, it's called the resi- it's called joshtice.com you can go on there we post uh, about once a week uh, different video content or sometimes a podcast or a lot of times just a blog post uh, about Christian living yeah. about um, about success in in the Christian life sometimes theology sometimes history sometimes mm-hmm. travel and sometimes pastoral ministry yeah and this one I, I thought was really good because Everyone wants to be successful, right? Whether it's their job or with their family or see their kids succeed, everyone wants to be successful. So would you share your secrets that you shared in this blog post with us? Not that I don't want people to go to your post and yeah. actually read them, but you know, hey, this just will bring be, it to life. This will be fodder, right? People yes. will read, hear this and they'll want to go and yes. read all the rest. But this one is called The Resilient Christian, Three Secrets to Long-Lasting Success. And um, I, I think of... I think of Jesus Christ, I think of his disciples, I think of um, how terrifying it would have been for uh, them to listen to Jesus. You say, that doesn't sound right. Jesus was spoke great things. He did, right up until the end of his career, uh, right up until the end of his life, right before he was about to be crucified. In fact, right. three days prior to Christ's crucifixion, he sat on a hillside on Tuesday evening um, called the Mount of Olives, and he was looking over the Temple Mount. And as he was, he was expressing to his disciples the future, mm. what was coming. Um, and he predicted the fall of Jerusalem. He predicted the destruction of the Temple. He predicted um, the end-time events. And, and as he did, this is called the Olivet Discourse, and it can be found in the book of Luke. It can be found in the book of Matthew, chapters 24 and 25. And he, he talks a great deal about what is coming and the imminent persecutions and the global plagues and the terrible times that, that are coming. But then he gives some incredible, powerful words here that I, I find secrets to success. Uh, he says, um, he says in, in Luke chapter 21, the, the idea here of it is possible to preserve your life even in the most difficult circumstances. That was the main concept I got out of it. Mm-hmm. Even in the most difficult circumstances, it's possible to preserve your life, to be successful, 
and uh, and how somebody can win at life even while experiencing great tribulation, stress, and, tr- and pressure. And from those principles, uh, I pulled out a few ideas that I think are very helpful for our day-to-day life. And you're not going to tell us what those ideas are? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, oh, so, well, I wasn't sure. I mean, I that, know. Was all, okay. that was all, that was all introduction. <laughs> that was just an intro. And, I forgot you're a, a pastor. I'm a pastor. So, I have to yeah, do my introduction. We have to have the introduction. Then my three points. Then we'll have the points, and then we'll have the a conclusion. Poem. Or a transition, really. Transitions between points. All right. Then a poem, a little humor. Poem. Close in prayer. I can't wait for the poem. I really can't because I'm pretty sure I didn't find a poem in that post, so it's going to be made up on the spot. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so uh, you came up with three things. What are what are those three yeah, things? Set, first of all, set a reasonable pace. Set a reasonable pace. Um, verse 19 of Luke 21 says, In your patience possess ye your souls. What does that mean? In your patience possess ye your souls. Um Life seems frantic to me. Mm. I mean, people are just going full tilt, especially in this city, um, that so much is predicated upon your success. And even our identity is found in how much uh, success we have. In fact, you even opened up by by um, saying the church has four services and we have a Bible study and, you know, right. you've got staff. And, and so numbers, numbers, numbers drive the concept of success. And so sure. maybe somebody's listening to this, they think, oh, man, if I'm a pastor or if I'm somebody, I've got to do that too. One mm-hmm. of the first things I asked you when I walked in today before we started, I said, so we have the station. How, how can we get enough yeah. uh, radius to cover the entire valley? And you would say another, we have to get another FM station. Mm-hmm. And so we predicate the idea of success based on oftentimes numbers and how many, um, how many things we've got at the moment. How many people are coming to your church? What was your bottom line? How much money is coming into your business? How many employees do you have? And Christ says, in your patience, you possess your souls. We're even afraid of dead air, aren't we? Yeah. We're afraid of quiet. Yes. Especially on radio. It makes us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And and here we see Jesus kind of leaning into that concept. It means that I must take control of my schedule. I must set priorities based upon God-given roles. To do this, I have to learn to say no to lesser pursuits. I can't be in control of my schedule if I'm not in control of my schedule. I have to be able to say no to things. Um, And saying no is hard for a people pleaser. Yes. You know my family well. Yes. And I think you've known my family probably as well as, as most people do, as close as you are. One of the things you've probably learned is though we project ourselves as confident, sometimes there's insecurity, and though we project ourselves as, uh, as uh, completely um, uh, confident in who we are, we tend to be people pleasers. Sure. We want to say yes to everybody and everything mm-hmm. at every time. And the answer is, uh, that's just impossible. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to be able to set a reasonable pace... You need to be able to patiently say no to things. So for people in your audience, um, you might have an opportunity that arises. And uh, you think, man, boy, if I, if I have that opportunity to put my kid in that program, or if I have an opportunity of, of taking up that ministry, or if I have that opportunity of saying yes to that, boy, that'll be just be so great. That's where success will be. And the fact sure. is, success is not found in taking on more. Success is found in eliminating what is not needed and focusing solely on what you really want, mm-hmm. it is what I see. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I think you use this example. You you did a sermon series, I believe, on this, which we, we air your sermons every day yes. here on KVXL, and which, by the way, you get a lot of, of compliments. Everyone, at what time, by everyone, the way? Everyone, uh, it's on at uh, 11, wait, is it 
11. Yeah, 11. 11. Monday through 11 Friday, noon, 11 Monday o'clock. Friday, yes. And uh, I get more compliments on your show than my show, which is hurtful sometimes, hurtful. but I really don't, you know, I just don't let listen it roll to these people. Uh, what I do is I have I have personal friends call in and and ty- and, and <laughs> type in every week. So But I think you had I think you had talked about it in one of your sermons when you were talking about um, I don't I don't remember what it was called, but you were talking about saying no and prioritizing yeah. life and you talked about uh, this wasn't something it's something that I'd heard before but it's a, I think it's a fantastic analogy you know you have the big rocks and you have the little rocks yeah. and if you have if you picture life like a box or a jar whatever sort of holding device you want you know if you if you fill up your box with the little rocks then all of a sudden there's no more room for the big rocks and so it's prioritizing and making sure that you don't crowd out the things that are important which I think is really easy to do especially when we're in ministry or we're we're dealing with family or whatever it is that we're doing you know it's it's easy to say you know I'll do my devotions later or I'll spend time with my kids later or I'll do this later when really those are the big things that those need to not be the later things right yeah i you know i watch as friends in many different kinds of um careers they are like i said they're they're running a frantic pace um the, it is the old story of the tortoise and the hare and, uh, and, you know, I, I've purposefully in my life said, you know what, sometimes I'm just going to go to bed early. I'm not going to that party. Yeah. I'm going to get up late and it doesn't matter that I have to cancel this appointment or that. I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to take some time and just rest. Why? Because look, life is a 50, 60 year marathon, mm. not a five year frantic sprint. And um, if uh, and I'm talking about our career and in our career, if we're going to make it 40 years, if we're going to make it 45 years, then we need to plod along at a reasonable pace and not be intimidated into destroying ourselves too early. I really think that is a key to success. Yeah, no, it it definitely is. And my my good friends make fun of me because my good friends know that I'm generally in bed by 8.30 each yeah. night. And the reason is I have to be here every morning by 6.30. Not yeah. get up at 6.30 so I can be here. on. T- no, yeah. I have to be here yes. at 6.30. Yes. And so if I want to have time for those big rocks, if I want to actually take care of myself, if, I, if I'm if i not consistent in when I go to bed, then I'm not, <laughs> I will be miserable on radio and you all will pay for it. So yeah, you, you, got, you have to take care of yourself and you have to make time to prioritize because you can't really... Can you minister to other people if you're not taking care of yourself? Precisely. And I think that really leads to the second concept here. Take care of yourself. So the first one I would say is uh, set a reasonable pace. Second one, take care of yourself. So this is what Jesus says. He says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. We must take time to care for your spirit, your soul, your body. Look, I've determined in my personal schedule that nothing will interrupt my personal devotional time, my exercise time, my recreational time. Now, that sounds so selfish, right? It really does. This is just all about you. Now that the truth has come out. Well, uh, for those who really know me, they've always known that it's always been always about Josh. Except when you were sharing bunk beds. Except when we, well, no, sharing bunk beds. I mean, that was a privilege because that was with Matt. Right. I just so, didn't but, realize it was a privilege. But then it wasn't all about you because then you were sharing. That's a good point, man. Yeah. You blow my mind. I try. Setting I try. a reasonable pace leads to this <laughs> idea of taking care of yourself. Um, here, here, here's the idea. If you don't take care of yourself, you cannot take care of others. It's not selfish. If I don't spend time getting the rest I need, the exercise I need, 
the time off I need. I won't be able to be a pastor to mm-hmm. the people that need me to be pastor. I've been shocked at times where I've, I've attempted to sit down and do marital counseling, as an example. And if I'm not properly rested, mm-hmm. my mind is unable to focus on the issues yeah. that they're dealing with. So I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm thinking about what I've got to do with the kids, and I'm thinking about what I've got to do with the preparation of a sermon, I've got to think about this and that, and I'm unable to actually put the energy and the focus into what I'm supposed to do, unless I've taken time to take care of myself. Look, you, there are probably people listening to this, and they're driving and thinking about the thousand things they've got to do. Well, first of all, you've got to maybe say no, setting a reasonable pace, but also stop and ask yourself, when are you getting the rest, exercise, and just recreational enjoyment mm-hmm. that you that you need. Yeah. Um, this is a, a building block to success. And what's cool is that it's not something that you came up with. Like I'm pretty sure Jesus said something about this back in you know back in the day when everyone was wearing togans Togas. and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The toga thing that was cool. Um, no, the disciples. Well, I, was it I, right I after? I noticed on the way in there were several yeah. greeters. They're all in. Togas. They're all in togas. Yeah. And that's you're... part of my amusement theme park. Theme. Radio station. It is. A, it's the most incredible radio station. It because really I've, is. I've never seen a place painted with absolute stripes. It you know, can orange be and green anything and that your imagination makes it, which is really cool. Apparently it's like it walking into the imagination station on Adventures in Odyssey. Oh, it's end. Yeah, it's really. It's we fantastic. We have really gone off track. We now. have, but uh, but back in the togas, Jesus, you know, the disciples were out. He sent them out. They're doing their thing. They're they're working hard. And then I think it was right after John the Baptist died, and Jesus was like, "All right, we're going to take a break." We need to get away because we, you guys don't even have yeah. time to eat. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, many people look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, not as much of a sermon, but as a retreat. Sure. Um, the Bible tells us at the, be- at the beginning of chapter 5, they went up into the mount, and then it says at the end, uh, uh, chapter, chapter uh, 8 and verses 1 and 2, they came down, but mm-hmm. there's really no idea of how much time they spent up there. Yeah. And it, many theologians believe that they probably spent three, four, five days, and that is a collection of sermons more than a sermon. What, what's the point? The point is even Jesus and his disciples took time away from the busyness mm-hmm. to just retreat. And I think that's a, a fascinating point. It is, and I think it leads well into your third point, which is mentorship, because I don't I don't know if the disciples, you know, they're go, go, go. I don't know if they would have stopped to eat if Jesus would have been like, okay, that's enough. Let's take a break for a second. I think you're exactly right. I think we need someone in our lives to give us these principles. Really, these principles are not unique with me. Those who listen to this station are greatly familiar with my father, and he has been my mentor in life. He is the one who has helped me say, look, you've got to put your priorities in order. You have to be able to take care of yourself. You have to be able to set a reasonable pace, and if you don't, you're really not going to be able to succeed. And I I think that's the the key, the final key to, or one of the final keys to long-lasting success. It's not about what you can produce. It's about who you're investing in and what they might produce. And so instead of just being an individual who only accomplishes what you do, um, what can you invest into somebody else and then to see that success uh, uh, multiplied forward? Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And then, you know, along with these three secrets, these keys, if you will, to success, the other post of yours, this one is a little bit older, but uh, you talked about how we are or like Legos. Your post, I think, was titled Like a Lego. Yes. And uh, you talked about introverts and extroverts and what friendship and even success in many ways looks like for different people, depending on their personality type and how they're wired. Um, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not a total introvert, but I'm definitely not an extrovert. And I lean more to the introvert side, not that anyone would know 
based on the craziness that I talk about on radio. But um, <laughs> when I read that post, I was like, this is this is it. It was when I found it. I don't remember if it was someone someone shared it online, but uh, it was shortly after I had come back to Vegas and I was just I I was dying. I was like, I cannot yeah. keep up with everything. And it's I think, you know, part of that is being in ministry. So you have to interact with more people. But I realized that there were people that that I'm very close to that I hadn't been connecting with because I was connecting with all these other people. So will you talk about that a little bit? Talk about why I, as a smaller Lego, wasn't being able to maintain uh, at the level that I should have. And your post was why I was like, yes, thank goodness, I'm not crazy. No, absolutely. Well, the main principle is this. The main concept is a person, every person is like a Lego. Um, and every Lego has one thing in common. They're created to connect. We need sure. to connect yeah. um, to one another. Uh, God created us with the inherent desire for fellowship. And not simply fellowship with him, though that is essential, but fellowship with one another. Part of what the church does is the church allows people to connect on a deeper level than in any other way. Spiritual, emotional, uh, uh, intellectual, and in every other way, that's what the church does. So the question comes, if people are like Legos and we're, sub- we're built to connect, um, is it okay that there are different size Legos? My son has a box, and I mean a box full of Legos. And you know what's interesting is the Legos are all different sizes. Some are some have 25 connect, 24 connectors. Some of them have 16 connectors. Some of them only have two connectors. Now, is it appropriate for the one that has 16 connectors to say to the one who has eight connectors, what's wrong with you? No. Yeah. The creator of Legos created that Lego to only connect to eight other pieces. Um, now, that's the way people are. I, I know people. Um, there's one, my, my sister Charity, for example. My sister yeah. Charity is a large Lego. She is. She has a lot of connectors and not superficial connections. Right. It's right. not like Facebook connections where, you know, I'm connected to a thousand people and I'm, I'm yeah. friends with all of them. Well, that's just <laughs> superficial, right? Um, Charity is a large Lego. Mm-hmm. And there are, I think, many people who can genuinely connect to her. Sure. And she feels genuinely connected to them. They feel genuinely connected to her. And, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. But then there are other people that have very few connectors, and they can really only genuinely connect to maybe six or eight people at a time, maybe even three or four. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, the, what I, one of the things that I, I think is sad is when people begin to get frustrated. Um, sometimes leg, larger Legos can get frustrated with smaller Legos. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm able to connect to all these people. Why won't you connect to me? And the answer is, well, they just don't have that many connectors. Yeah. If they were to connect with you, they would have to take someone else out of their life. Right. That they're already connected to. Simply to connect with you. And that's just really unfair because that's not how God yeah. created them. And it's not that they don't like you oh, or that sure. they don't want to be your friend. Yeah. They just can't have that deep level connection because that requires getting rid of another one. It, it really does. And, and there's also the frustration that smaller Legos put on themselves. Sure. So they think to themselves, um, <laughs> uh, man, I've got three really close friends and they really hold those friends very deeply. And uh, suddenly they look around and they say, why, why aren't I social? Why don't I have 12 people? Why am I not going to a party every night? And the answer is that's not who you're created to be. And that's okay. Um, So this level of frustration um, is is really 
something that we should not live with. Mm-hmm. Larger Legos should not put that on. Smaller Legos, Lego, lar- and smaller Legos shouldn't judge the larger Legos. Right, right. You know, I see this sometimes, right? So here's somebody has um, less connectors. And they look at somebody who they call a social butterfly, and they roll their eyes. <laughs> and they say, how can this person be best friends with a thousand people? Now, you are perfectly describing me and my sister while we were growing up. Really? <laughs> yes. Similar to your bunk bed situation, but different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, she, now she's, she's just shocked by the fact she was able to grow up with you. Basically, yes. Yeah, I see Every that. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's true, right? Because then you're looking at yeah. at this and you're like, oh, who do you think you are, friends with all these people and all these events? Well, that's just who they are. Right. They're genuine. They are really, truly connecting to all 90 people at that party. Yeah. And they genuinely feel that. And sometimes uh, sometimes that judgment can go uh, both ways. And, and this is one of the things that Christ told us. Look, one of the things that Jesus told us was was basically this. You don't know how I created each of you. So stop judging each other yeah. in these matters. Uh, because you were created different, and I know why you were created the way you were. Yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic summary, and I think it goes right along with what we were talking about earlier with success. Because those small Legos that are, they're, they're you're not going to be successful if you can't learn to say no. Yes. And the larger Legos, if they don't prioritize, neither will they. Boy, man, that's a great comparison. I, maybe I should link both of those posts. You probably now. should. You can give credit to me somewhere. I, I can give you a link to my site. That would be fine. <laughs> no problem. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think I think it, I think if we are, um, if uh, you're a large Lego or a small Lego, look, it doesn't matter as long as you're able to uh, connect to the people that you're supposed to connect with and and quick judging others. Awesome. Well, I have kept you much longer than I anticipated, but it's fantastic. Really, can, it went we, by, we can it keep went talking by, if you want. That went by quick. It did. It really did. Yeah, you're a fun Lego to talk to. That's right, and and I hope that we stay connected in a very yes. deep and true way. Because yes. if not, I'll be offended. I could push out maybe like your brother, your, yeah, and then we could sneak easily. You, you could push easily. out my brother, just or your sister. Gently. Is that a deep relationship? My or well, I have three of them. Just cut them out. So maybe I could just sacrifice one, <laughs> and then I would still have two, and I could. We'll see. We'll see. We'll work something out. Where can uh, where can people follow you? Obviously, we said joshtice.com is your website. Are you on social media as yep. well? Yeah, uh, you can follow me. My Twitter handle is Josh Tice. Uh, as well uh, at Twitter there and uh, right on Facebook you can uh, we can connect on Facebook love to connect with you uh, Josh Tice as well all the same awesome. Instagram as well and Snapchat as of last week everywhere yes I keep what? I keep hearing I have to get Snapchat and I've fought it for oh, for so long I don't know how it works yet but I'm still I'm, I'm learning it yeah I yeah. might maybe so that we can connect on a deeper level I should get Snapchat this is how true friendships work it is through five social media platforms that's <laughs> <laughs> That's correct because it's not enough that we follow each other on Twitter and nope, Facebook. It's not enough. I don't actually know if I follow you on Instagram, no. but you know we'll, we'll figure is. that out. Give us your service times one more time and your location. Yeah, if you're in the southwest part of town, we'd love to have you come by the church. I think you'd enjoy it. It's uh, uh, in Southwest Las Vegas, off of Blue Diamond Road. The address, uh, or you can just look it up on web on on the website. It's Southern Hills. Church. That's Southern Hills. Church, and we have service times for everyone. 8 o'clock in the morning, 9.45, 11.30, 30, p.m., which is nice. A lot of people yeah. work very late. And, um, and or if they wanted to watch football, they right. can still catch the game, whether it's early or late, and come to church. Catch the game, yeah. come over to church, grab some food, take it back, and finish watching. I, I like that. Yeah. And I uh, wonder with, if I could come to Southern Hills some Sundays. You know, what's fascinating is, uh, is uh, I'm not going to mention <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> That's uh, all right. All right. Thank you, Pastor Josh, for being here. You can you, listen Crystal. to Love your uh, show. 
Yeah, thanks. I uh, I appreciate that. You can listen to Pastor Josh's sermons here on KVXL every Monday through Friday from 11 to noon. I'm sure those will be a blessing to you if you haven't listened already. They're almost as fun as this interview, and you will probably actually learn more. So there you go. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. And welcome back. We're wrapping things up today here on KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Pastor Josh Tice from Southern Hills Baptist Church. We will try to get him back on the show again soon. Remember, church here at Liberty is at 7 o'clock today, Wednesday. Church is at 7. Be here. Join us. Today's program has been brought to you by Mario Giannini's State Farm Insurance. Giannini's State Farm offers insurance coverage for your home, auto, life, and banking needs. You can reach Mario's team by phone at 702-982-3300 and online at insurewithmario.com. Or stop by their office in the Tucson Plaza Shopping Center off Lake Mead for a no-obligation insurance quote. Our thanks to Mario Giannini's State Farm Insurance for their support of KVXL programming. And that's all the time we have left. This is The Stand from Hillsong. We'll see you back here tomorrow.